Today's message, we're just going to entitle it, Lord, Lord. Uh, we're going to be reading out of Matthew chapter 7. Uh, the Lord collectively has us on this journey to, to walk in true discipleship here uh, in this particular fellowship. And, and we're learning that that doesn't mean church attendance, and that doesn't mean showing up to Bible study necessarily, or, uh, you know, uh, how much you pay in tithe, or if you even pay tithe, or in, any of that stuff. The, the word disciple, we, we've been learning, actually means imitator, follower. And uh, we've got a lot of folks that are heading to heaven, and in, in the church by and large all over the world, but we don't have the, the I, I think statistically we'd be surprised at how many of us are really true disciples. We have folks that, that believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, but they're not necessarily imitating him and his word in their life, you know. And, and that's what a true disciple actually is about. And in doing so, you know, we, we confess him as Lord you know, we say it all the time. Jesus is Lord. We got it on bumper stickers. We hang it outside of our house, put it on T-shirts. But the word Lord, we're, we're going to understand, that's a, that's a pretty heavy, heavy word. And the closer you get to God, the more of you has to fall away, uh, the more of your rights, per se, that, that you lose. And that doesn't always go well here in America, man. We, we're big into, I have rights. I'm an American. I have rights, you know. Uh, uh, we, we founded our whole country on rebelling against uh, what we felt was tyranny and, and uh, what we felt was someone infringing on our freedom and rights. And, and so, you know, we, we are, uh, those of us who grew up here, you know, from day one, we are inundated with this mindset of, you know, you don't tell me what to do. <laughs> you know, I'm an American. I'll do anything I want within the law or whatever. Uh, and that's not necessarily how the kingdom of God works. And, and uh, we're, we're going to get into that. We're, we're learning about that, uh, and it, it just seems to be a repeated theme for all of us, to, to become less of us and become more of him. So Matthew chapter 7 is really interesting. If you, if, if you go back and read that chapter, Jesus is in the middle of a sermon that's continued from chapter 6. And Matthew being a tax collector uh, by trade was, was probably quite the mathematician, uh, was probably quite organized, uh, was, was probably a, a, a quite a good bookkeeper. And so as he is recording events, probably journaling to some extent, and in order to retell his, his gospel, uh, and, and he's recording Jesus' sermon. And it's funny, if you, if you really just kind of read through it, it's you could tell he was probably taking notes. <laughs> He's probably sitting there taking notes as Jesus is preaching. And then he, he reformed the sermon based on his notes. Because, man, Jesus is preaching up a storm in chapter 7. And he's covering a lot of subjects really quick, which makes you think, okay, this was you know, note-taking here. But, but if you go back and read Matthew 7, he's teaching about judging, you know, that we're not supposed to run around judging each other. Uh, he's talking about revering holy things. He's talking about the subject of ask, seek, knock, which is the mindset you have to receive from the Lord. This was all groundbreaking. Folks didn't necessarily practice this mindset of receiving from God. 
Uh, he talked about doing un, do to others as you'd have them do to you. Uh, he said, matter of fact, he said that if you'll practice this, this sums up the law and the prophets. Uh, he talked about the, the way to experience true life. He said, uh, uh, narrow is the gate. It, it, it compresses via pressure. You know, narrow is the, the, the gate. Straight is the path, Right. He's covering that. He talks about beware of false prophets. And he said, you'll know, they'll say a lot of good stuff, but you'll know them by their fruits. And then he starts talking quite a bit about fruits. You know, the, the importance of, of what you see people bear in life. You know, folks can talk a good game, but, but if they're not living it, it you're, you're going you're gonna to be able to tell. And he segues that into what our, our verse is today, our, our key verse, that we're just going to walk through. Matthew chapter 7, starting with verse 21, reading from the uh, Amplified Classic. Jesus says this. Now, this is really interesting because before we start, let's, let's kind of bring it back into the mindset. You hear me say this quite a bit. We have unfortunately for many decades in, in church history, uh, especially here in America, we have focused a lot of our efforts and the reason why we do what we do with the Lord. When you come in, you, you, you come to a saving knowledge of who Jesus Christ is, then it's, woo, hey, just hold the fort because in the sweet by and by, it's all going to be okay. You know, this life just lasts for a little while. You just have to endure a little bit, but woo, one sweet day when we cross over into glory land. And that's, that's almost been, you know, hey, everybody come into this figurative ark, protect themselves from the world, isolate yourself from the world, because one day Jesus is coming and he's taking us all home and then, whew, then it's, it's going to be good. And while I, st I very much believe in our eternal habitation with him, I've got loved ones that have already crossed over and, and the day will come as he sees fit, I will cross over and I'll get to be with him. But in the meantime, he still has me here. And so my efforts really need to be not, not just, you know, wasting away, waiting on the sweet by and by to take place. My efforts need to understand that the kingdom of heaven can exist right here. Uh, the kingdom of heaven is not glory land somewhere in eternity. The kingdom of heaven takes place right here. So, so I want to take this, this scripture and put it into the right now. Oftentimes I've heard it taught and preached about eternity. And uh, matter of fact, my Sunday school teacher, lifelong Sunday school teacher, for, well, I say lifelong, it was during my childhood. I had her in Sunday school for many years. Uh, she was a sweet, sweet lady, but man, she was one of them old school, fired up Christian women that, that put the fear of God in you every Sunday. She would wrap up, no matter what we were learning, we could have learned about the Beatitudes, we could have learned about Joseph and the coat of many colors, we could have learned about all this stuff. But Hazel Gay, and she just recently went to be with the Lord this year. God finally said, all right, I think I'm ready for you. Come on home. It took me a while to get ready for you, Hazel, but come on home. <laughs> she, but she said uh, she would end. Now, I'm, I'm talking like I was like second, third grade, and she would end. She'd say, some of you think that you're doing all right by the Lord, but I'm telling you, the day's going to come. You'll have to stand before his throne, and you'll think that you're all right, but he's going to tell you, Apart from me, ye worker of iniquity, I never knew you. And man, that scared me. To, I was like, I don't even know what iniquity is. Come on. What does even that mean? 
And so like for years, seriously, anytime a preacher would get up and read this verse, I was like, I don't want to talk about this, you know, because man, it, it just brought back some scary, you know, I'd go home thinking, man, Lord, I don't even know what that meant, but don't let that be me, you know. Uh, I, I, I want to I wanna encourage you to put it into the right here and now. And, and, and so that's what we're going to do. But it also deals with discipleship or lordship, surrender, us surrendering everything we have to him. And, and he's been dealing with me on that level lately. Am I really Lord of your life, David? Am I Lord of every part of your life? I talked about it a little bit last week. When the children of Israel made it into the promised land, God promised them this chunk of real estate when they left Egypt. But it took them a while. They had to take it piece by piece. And sometimes that's the journey of our life. He, we, we understand that he is Lord and that he has bought us and that he has a powerful name. And we have access to his spirit. But sometimes it, he has, it, it, it's like conquering the, the promised land. He has to conquer us piece by piece sometimes, right? So Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, Jesus is still preaching. He says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. All right, let's just stop there real quick. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord. Now understand what that word means. The word Lord means someone having power or authority over something or someone else. It means a master or ruler, right? A master or ruler. So here's the question, and, and I, I have to ask myself this recently too on my journey. Is he really Lord of your life? Is he really master or ruler over you? We, we don't like those kind of terminology. You know, we, we started our whole nation getting away from uh, what we felt was a tyrannical ruler at the time. Also, you know, you use terms like master, ruler. It, it, can, it can conjure up negative mindsets and some of the dark history of America with slavery and, and all those, those, those things that we're trying to get away from that mindset. Yet here we are back dealing with spiritual things and, and Jesus is using this term that says, says master, ruler, Lord, full authority. So many, he said, who say to me, Lord, master, ruler, one who has authority, many of those people will not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Now, are we talking about the sweet by and by there? Or are we talking about the glorious city of, that we call heaven or eternity? No, we're talking about the state, the default state that every believer can live in and should live in. Yet, by and large, we don't. And, and, and we understand what the kingdom of heaven is by this scripture here. Romans 14, 17 says, After all, the kingdom of God is not a matter of getting the food and drink one likes. Paul just got through writing about dietary laws and, and, and do's and don'ts when it comes to the law of Moses and... and uh, uh, you know, what, what you're supposed to eat and not eat and drink and not drink when it comes to the law of Moses. And he's trying to say all that stuff is not what the kingdom of heaven is about. He said, but the kingdom of God, but instead it is righteousness, that state which makes a person acceptable to God, and heart peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So the kingdom of heaven is not the wonderful, glorious city floating around in the cosmos somewhere, you know, in the sweet by and by where we get to be with, with our loved ones. 
Right? That, is, that is an eternal promise. That if you are a believer in Christ Jesus, you, you get to encounter that. But the kingdom of heaven is the state that we get to live in as a believer should we choose to. And it is these three things. Righteousness. The word righteous means, righteousness means rightedness. It means to stand, be able to stand right before God. What a blessing. We don't have to grovel in front of God. We can walk boldly before the throne and stand upright. Just, just as your children can walk into your presence, we can do that with God. It also means rightedness in the way we think. Wouldn't it be wonderful to always be able to think right, talk right, say the right things at the right times? You ever been around someone that just has a way of saying the wrong thing at the wrong time? And I'm talking about believers in Jesus Christ, you know? To act right, to take the right proper action when needed, that's part of righteousness. And yet there's a whole lot of Christians running around that don't think right, <laughs> don't talk right, speaking a lot of doubt and negativity out of their mouth, taking the wrong actions, you know, uh, doing the wrong things, understanding things in the wrong manner, seeing things from the wrong angle, you know. And yet all of that comes under righteousness. We have access. Whoo, man, I want to live like that. I want access to that. That's, that's part of the kingdom of heaven. Well, I want to live in heaven right here. The next thing is peace. Peace. The Amplified says heart peace. In other words, it could be chaos all around you in your family or on your job or in your neighborhood, but your heart's at peace. Your physical body may be having to suffer something, but your heart is at peace. You know, I watched my mom. I've talked about it quite a bit. She, she battled leukemia the last, uh, knowingly, the last nine months of her life and went through chemo and, and all the mess that that entails. Yet she was at peace the whole time. The Holy Spirit had her, you know. When my dad passed, when my brother passed, I watched her. She, oh, she hurt, she mourned, she grieved. Oh, but she was at peace. There was a peace. In other words, everything, it doesn't mean that you're not going to get anxious sometimes. It doesn't mean you're not going to get nervous. It doesn't mean that at times you're not going to get down. It means that the underlying thought, though, is, you know what? It's going to be okay. I don't like it right now. It's scary. It's not comfortable, but it's going to be okay. Just to live with that mindset. Woo. Yet I know a lot of believers that don't live with that mindset, that are full of anxiety, full of anger, or full of uh, fear, full of, of worry, full of strife, full of drama. Anyone know any believers full of drama? So, but this is, this is a part of a kingdom of heaven. If, if you're not feeling, if you've let something steal your peace today, you've let them steal a third of the kingdom of heaven away from you. Then joy, joy. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is your strength. Joy isn't about what takes place all around you. There's some things around you that can make you happy, but I'm talking about true joy, to do life with true joy. What's stealing your joy today? You don't have to let anything take your joy from you. Now, you may not like something. Something may annoy you. You may even have to find a friend and vent about it a little bit and get it out of your system. 
but you can always come back to his joy, the joy of the Lord. These are three, those are the three components of the kingdom of heaven. So if we talk about the kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven, it can be summed up a lot of categories, but they can be summed up on, under three categories, righteousness, peace, and joy, all of which are found where? In the Holy Spirit. Where does the Holy Spirit reside? In me. Oh, in us. That means the kingdom of heaven is in me. That means that I have righteousness, peace, and joy in me. I have access to it if I want to encounter it via the Holy Spirit. And it's a good thing that we have the Holy Spirit because that's pretty powerful, right? Because it's going to take the Holy Spirit to have you properly call him Lord, for you properly to acknowledge him as master. But that's all right. The Holy Spirit is pretty powerful. It's powerful enough. It rose Jesus from the dead in three days, didn't it? Now that's some power. It would take a lot of power to raise somebody from the dead who's been dead three days. And the Bible says the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead will quicken your mortal body. In other words, the powerful resurrection power that, that manifested in Christ is alive in each and every one of you if you are a believer in Christ Jesus. And it's going to take that because 1 Corinthians 12, 3 says this, Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking under the power and influence of the Holy Spirit of God can ever say, Jesus be cursed. So if you hear someone talk about, there's a lot of spiritual folk out there uh, that also want to degradate the deity of Christ. Well, Christ was a great uh, prophet. Christ was a great this or that, or he was a wonderful avatar amongst all the other avatars that are showed up in various cultures. Well, they're not saying that by the Holy Spirit. Okay? That's, that's uh, bearing fruit for false, false prophets. It says, and no one can really say, Jesus is my Lord. Not just Lord, but think about it. He's your Lord. He's my Lord. No one can really say that except by and under the power and influence of the Holy Spirit. Say, how in the world am I ever going to line up with the Word of God? You can't, but the Holy Spirit can. And the Holy Spirit's in you. And it's full of the kingdom of God, which is righteousness, peace, joy. Okay? So let's go back to uh, what Jesus is talking about here. Not everyone who says to me, Master, ruler, authority of my life, will really experience righteousness, peace, and joy. Man, that sums up a huge part of the body of Christ that I've known most of my life. It sums up a huge part of my life up until recent history. I went through life not, not really walking, understanding that he's righted me. I went through my life not understanding I have access to peace. That even though my world may be on fire, I can still be at peace. I went through a lot of my life trying to let other things bring me happiness. Not, in, not experiencing that real joy comes from just my relationship with Christ. Those are wonderful, wonderful things about the kingdom of heaven. So, so this describes a, a big majority of my adult life here, right? Not everyone who calls me Lord, Lord will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Why do I want to live in the mindset of the kingdom of heaven? Because that's where the Father hangs out. The Father hangs out, he says, in heaven. What is the kingdom of heaven? Righteousness, peace, and joy. Where's that at? In the Holy Spirit. So you want to hang out with God? 
Bring yourself into a place of heaven. Righteousness. Concentrate on his righteousness over you. Peace. His peace for you. Joy. His joy for you. Well, how do I do that? Oh, it just said. By calling him Lord? No, a lot of people call him Lord. But he who does. Oh, you got to do something. Say, wait a minute. I thought salvation was free. Salvation is free. Salvation is by faith, and we can't even take credit for the faith. He's the one that gives us the faith to believe in him, right? So salvation is free. Now, living in the kingdom of heaven requires something. What's that? You got to do something. What do you have to do? The will of my father. His word. What is his will? His word. Christ said, I only do, I only speak what what the father tells me to speak. Well, what's that? word of God. So if I can actually start doing the word of God, which requires me to study the word of God, to hear the word of God, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. If, if, if I can start becoming an imitator of the word of God, which the word of God is Jesus Christ, I'll become a, an imitator. The matter of fact, Jesus said it this way in the book of John, if you'll abide in my word, you'll be my disciple, you'll be my imitator, and you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. What does it mean to be set free? It means living in the kingdom of God. Righteousness, peace, and joy. It means no matter what happens in life, good or bad, you still remain in righteousness, peace, and joy. That becomes your mindset, your default. Just your culture, your personal culture. Right? Now notice he keeps on. Now many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, Master, whoo, he's my Lord. Really? Is he really? And I'm saying that to me, right? Just as much as I'm saying it to you. So if I step on your toes with any of my sermons, trust me, I'm already stepping on my own toes quite a bit. If I'm shaking my bony finger at you, I got three pointing right back at me, right? They're not really that bony. That's why I point like this. So that way I'm shooting it at John rather than the rest of y'all. No. He says, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, have we not? Now, look at all these people, man. They, they've done some powerful, they've been having some church, right? Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name and driven out demons in your name and done many, many mighty works in your name? Well, that's some serious church. Prophesying, casting out demons and doing all this miraculous stuff. Why? Well, it works. We just think about it. There's power in the name of Jesus. What a wonderful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. Why? At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, bow every tongue confess that he is Lord. There's no other name given, uh, under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And that is the name of Jesus Christ. It's a powerful name. There's a, I can, I can, but I can introduce you to many women and men of God who are doing incredible things working in the gift of prophecy, uh, you know, casting out spirits, having miraculous works take place in their church, all in the name of Jesus. Yet they're not living in the kingdom of heaven. Some of these folks are full of anxiety, insecurities. They're not experiencing peace. They're not experiencing joy. Look, praise God for all the cool things like the, you know, casting out of demons and prophecy and miracles. All that stuff's good. But if I'm still living a life full of fear and anxiety and insecurities, what good does it do if I do all that stuff? 
right? And yet he's calling us to experience heaven, not in the sweet by and by, but right here, right now, in the nasty now and now, right? Well, how do we do that? By being his disciples, by truly calling him Lord. And, and, and in order to have access to that, we got to do something. Do what? Do his word, do his will. Notice, so these folks that said, look, I've been, I've been doing all this stuff in your name. How come I'm not experiencing uh, heaven? How come I'm not experiencing righteousness, peace, joy? He says, then I'll say to them openly or publicly, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who act wickedly. Or in other words, disregard my commands. He said, you've been doing all this stuff in my name. You've been having church. But I don't really know you. It, w- it would be, you know, it would be like uh, Eric and I getting married in August. And all I've done for since then is just sweep the floors, cooked meals, made the bed, mowed the lawn. Some people say, ooh, that'd be wonderful. <laughs> you know, got her flowers. You know, paid the bills. Took care of everything. But I never sat down and had conversation with her. I never sat down and just heard her thoughts or conversed with her or just did life with her. You know, and then when she shows up upset, I'd be like, what are you mad about? I've been doing all this stuff for you. And she's like, I I don't even know you. You're so busy doing stuff. What about me? (laughs) You know, just sit down with me. That's how I, I believe that God feels with a lot of us. Man, we are busy doing church stuff. We're busy doing things that we think are good. Hey, this is good stuff, right, God? And he's like, just, just sit and be with me and do my will. You're worried about doing stuff. How about just doing the word? How about just doing the word? Now, watch what he says here. Everyone still with me? All right, very good. Verse 22, but be doers of the word, or in other words, obey the message and not merely listeners to it, betraying your, oh, wait, 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 we, we, we crossed over here. Verse 24, so everyone who hears these words of mine and acts upon them, not just hearing them, but you act on them, obeying them will be like a sensible or prudent, practical, wise man who built his house upon the rock. Well, that's some some stability. And I could use all the stability I can get in life. Well, how how do I have access to stability? By not just hearing the word of God, but doing the word of God, putting it into effect in my life. Right? How many thousands of people show up on Sunday and hear the preacher, listen to him, maybe even nod, maybe even amen, but when they leave, nothing changes. They, they don't take the word and implement it. Or they don't dig in for themselves and find out what more did it, you know. Preachers only get so many minutes with you. You know, but you gotta, you gotta dig in for yourself. James says the same thing. So, so the key to experience heaven, which is righteousness, peace, joy, is this. Action. Do something. Do what? Do his word. He said, look, if you... If you Hear the words of mine and act on them. Well, what words are you talking about? Well, there's a whole book of it. (laughs) But maybe start out with chapter 7. I just listed all the topics that he talked about prior to getting to this point. 
just in chapter 7. That's enough to keep you busy for a few months right there trying to master that in your life. Not to judge people or judge events. You know, to, to treat people the way you want to be treated. That's a discipline. I'm, I'm, look, I've been living for God since I was 10 years old. I'm still trying to master that. You know, uh, ask, seek, knock, learning to receive from God. I'm still trying to master. Look, he's saying, look, if, if you'll start implementing this stuff, then you can experience heaven. Just because you call me Lord, just because you say the right words, doesn't mean you're going to enter into this. But you enter into it by doing what I tell you to do. And it goes, what's the first? You want, you want to know the first thing to start out doing? goes all the way back to the promise made with Abraham, the covenant that we've, we've been sown into, grafted into. It was the first thing he said, just trust me. Trust me. Believe. Have faith. Start there. So James, the book of James is really good about talking about uh, not just having faith, but putting some action with your faith, right? Verse 22, but be doers of the word, obey the message, and not merely listeners to it betraying yourselves into deception by reasoning and contrary to the truth. It's interesting. The Word of God says that if you listen to the Word of God and don't do it, if you're only a listener to it, you betray yourself. You're betraying yourself. Notice what Jesus said prior. I want to point this out real quick. I'm going to hop back. Sorry. (laughs) Those who don't do the Word. See, we love in church to get all bent out of shape and upset over all the sinners out there. You ever notice that? Folks get really mad that sinners act like sinners. Kind of funny, isn't it? Look at all these people out in the world. They're acting like the world. Man, and we want to go on tangents and diatribes. Notice what Jesus called people who act wicked. Oh, he's talking to these type people in this culture of people, in this community of people. No, he was talking about believers, people, people who call him Lord but don't obey his word, that don't actually put his word in, implemented into their life. That's who he called wicked. What about the world? Well, they're acting like the world. That's how godless people act. But people that are supposed to be kingdom people that don't even act the way they need to, to step into the kingdom of heaven. Yeah, he called them wicked. Woo, I've been wicked in my time. Verse 23, going back to James. Don't, he, he says, he says do, be doers and not merely listeners because you're going to betray yourself. Verse 23, for if anyone only listens to the word without obeying it and without being a doer of it, he is like a man who looks carefully at his own natural face in a mirror or he thoughtfully observes himself and then goes off and promptly forgets what he looks like. That's about as good as if, if say, well, I listen to the word of God daily. Well, do you do it? <laughs> Everything that you're listening to, are you implementing it? Well, not really. Well, you might as well look at yourself in a mirror and then walk away and forget what you look like. That's about how much sense it makes. Verse 25, but he who looks carefully into the faultless law, the law of liberty. I love that. Number one, the law of God is faultless. And I love the fact that, you know, when we think of laws, we think of things constraining us, right? Man, there's too many laws, you know? 
I could travel a whole lot quicker on the road if there just weren't so many laws of the road, right? We think of sometimes laws as something that constrains us. Yet the law of God brings liberty. It sets you free. It's irony. The more you lose of yourself, the more you gain, right? The more of your life you lose, the more you gain life. It's some crazy way that the kingdom of heaven works. He says, but uh, he who looks carefully into the faultless law of liberty and is faithful to it and perseveres in looking into it. That means to abide in the word, what Jesus said. Being not a heedless listener who forgets, but an active doer. So if you hear the word of God, if you stay in the word of God, and if you actually implement it into your life and obey it, he shall be blessed in his doing, in his life of obedience. You're going to be blessed if you actually start becoming a disciple, an imitator of Jesus Christ, of the word of God. You start implementing. He says, if, if I told you to believe it, believe it. Don't just believe in me. Believe me is what he's trying to say. If, if I told you to claim it, claim it. If I told you to avoid it, avoid it. If I tell you to, in all your ways, acknowledge me. Talk to me. Talk to me before you spend something, before you make a life decision, before you travel somewhere. Run it by me. Trust me. Don't do anything that I don't tell you to do. You're going to be blessed. How are you going to be blessed? Well, number one, Jesus said you get to enter into the kingdom of heaven, which is righteousness, peace, and joy. Man, you could, you could be saved and on your way to glory and never experience heaven. And that's a huge number of Christians. And God's moving us as a fellowship out of that. Let's all stand. So today, I want to challenge you for this week, when you say, Lord, 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 is he really Lord of your life? And ask him, say, Holy Spirit, what areas of my life is Jesus Christ not Lord of? Is he not master of? I've had to pray that. I've got two areas I'm having to focus on of my life. One, Ryan, Ryan was all over. Ryan was preaching at me today. He had his finger shaking at me today. And it was about Sabbath. It was about rest. You know, Jesus, Jesus said at one point, he said, the son of man is Lord even over the Sabbath of rest. And I read that the other week and he answered, he said, David, have you allowed me to be Lord over your rest? Because you don't rest. You, re you seem to refuse to take a day off. Rest. And make me Lord of it. The other, I've, I've, I've been very transparent and stuff. Man, my he said, am I Lord over your appetite? You know, man, I'll lose weight and I'll put it right back on. So people say, oh, well, we all do. Well, it's not really healthy, you know. I've said it before. I wish I had, I wish I had just as much victory over meat lovers pizza as I do cocaine. Right? Someone could slap a pile of cocaine down. Doesn't tempt me one bit. Man, I got the victory over it. Man, you put a meat lover's pizza down, I'm sweating. <laughs> Starting to shake. Can't just stop with one piece. All right? Yeah, it's kind of funny, but at the same time, you know, it's not, it's not funny if I'm in the grave, right? At an early age. 
And so the last couple of weeks, it's been I, there are times that I'll start getting tempted. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Lord, you be Lord of my appetite. I submit to you. I lose my rights. I submit because if, if he's Lord, he's master. That means I don't have rights. He has all my rights. But what's the reward? Life, righteousness, peace, and joy. So that's the challenge for this week, church. Where does he need to be Lord of your life? Because I want everyone in here to experience the kingdom of heaven. Not when we all cross over. Oh, we'll all get together and party on the other side one day. But in the meantime, let's experience the goodness of God right now in the midst of all the craziness that we have to deal with. Amen. Let me pray over you. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for this flock. I thank you for your sheep. Lord, I know you love these people because they are your sheep. They belong to you. And you want the best for them. And you've reserved the best for them. You've reserved your kingdom. So I pray we all become doers of your word. Not just hearers, but we start becoming doers. We start looking into your word on our own daily. In all the various ways. You have so many resources. We're so blessed to live in the day that we do with technology. Because your word is so accessible in so many ways. And yet we're guilty of not implementing it. So Lord, I pray you put a passion on our heart to implement your word into our life so that we can start imitating you and we can experience your kingdom. Father, I bless your people today with your love, your grace, your deliverance, your power, your righteousness, your peace, and your joy. And we worship you in Jesus' name. Amen.